right, well, back to church month is October. Hopefully, it won't be that difficult for you to invite somebody. I'm already working on some, some uh, neighbors that we're inviting to church, and uh, I've, just seen, I've seen God change lives as a result of being a part of Life Church. So hopefully you'll jump in with us in that month of October and invite people. And again, I hope it's not that difficult. Hope you don't have to go through all of those. But you know, life has changed a lot for me in, in my faith uh, since I learned that Christianity, it's a mission, not just a message. Used to be that really my faith was nothing more than just, it's just information, and church was nothing about, really nothing more than just more information. And I finally, it took me a long time to realize that there was actually a mission. And that if I really get on that mission, well, everything about my life got a little bit more exciting. Would you pull in your uh, bulletin or some sermon notes, would you pull those out? There's a couple things that I'm going to ask you to write down. I think it might help you remember something if you write those down. But on there, uh, the number three, the, the, on your notes, the number three is... Two individuals who were on this mission, Peter and John, a couple of Jesus' disciples. Jesus has just recently been crucified and resurrected. They've just watched him go to heaven. That's just been a month or so ago for these guys, and they're pretty lit up. Can you imagine? They're pretty excited about their faith, and they're telling their friends about it. They're telling their neighbors. They're telling the people they meet about what God has done in their lives. And at this point, they're being threatened. They're being threatened with bodily harm if they don't shut their mouths. And listen to what they said. Number three on your notes there. This is them speaking to these people who are threatening them. And they say this, we can't stop. Everybody say, say we can't stop. We can't stop. We just can't, we can't stop it. We can't stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. And this is something I've learned over 20 years of pastoral ministry, that until somebody has experienced God for themselves. Once you've seen and heard, you can't stop. But if you haven't seen and heard, you don't have a real personal experience with Christ yourself, well, you really can't get you moving. And would you write these two things down with you. Under number four, if you're energized. In other words, if, if you're seeing and hearing, if your faith is alive, that's what really what faith is. Faith is just spiritually, it's faith is spiritual perception. And if you're seeing and hearing, you know, God is real to you, in other words, That's what energized is. If you're energized, you can't stop sharing. Write that down. Can't stop sharing. You can't stop giving. You can't stop growing. You can't stop helping. Because there's... How many have discovered that the Holy Spirit has an energy all of His own, apart from you? And and that's why you can't stop, because it doesn't rely on you. There's somebody bigger than you energizing you. But if you're not, if, if Christianity is just nothing but a message and it's just more information, and you're really not, it's really, you're not seeing and hearing, you're not, your eyes aren't really open to what God is doing in the world. Well, if you're not energized, no one can get you moving. Can't get moving. There's, there's no sermon that'll get you moving. It just isn't very exciting, quite honestly, until you see for yourself, until you have that moment where God becomes real to you, faith becomes real to you. Jesus said it this way. He said, I stand at the door and knock. And there's a moment in all of our lives where, I mean, God is just self-authenticating, where he reveals himself in such a way that you just say, yes. And when you open that door, and then we have to keep that door open. We have to keep communing with him. And as we do that, well, we just keep growing. And by the way, what is our plan around here? What is our plan at Life Church to make sure that we stay on mission and we don't make it just all about a message and all about learning more information. How do we, how do we keep on mission? 
I'm very glad that you asked. I'm very glad that you asked that question because how we stay on mission, you've seen this on the back of your bulletin for the past couple of years. We talk about this a lot, but in this current series, Energized, we're, we're going through this because these are our four energizers, and this is what keeps us on mission. If you'll do these things, you end up excited about it. You really do. You end up energized, and God is just more real to you. We started talking about life groups, and here's the bottom line in that, you know, each one of these squares, we put a word in them that, you know, we think best describes it, but obviously there's a lot more than just that word. But life groups just means that God asks you to be involved with other believers, have good Christian friends. And I've just crossed that, hopefully you've crossed that line as well. I'm just not going to give myself that excuse. I've got a million excuses just like you do, but I'm going to push myself. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to get into a life group. I'm going to have Christian friends. I'm going to stay involved in other believers' lives. I've proven the Bible tells us to, but I've proven it makes a monstrous difference. So I'm not going to give myself excuses. I'm going to stay involved with other believers' lives. And life groups are a great place, not the only place, but a great place to do that. Anybody know when life groups start, by the way? This, this week? Today? How coincidental. <laughs> Hopefully you will. There's all sorts of different opportunities, different ways to connect, but you know, get into one of those groups. and Even if you have to push yourself. I've, I've been there where I had to push myself. And uh, it's, always, it's better on the other end of pushing yourself. So get out there. Uh, secondly, we talked about Grow and Dream Team. What this box, Dream Team, is just all of our different serving teams. We call them the Dream Team. It's really the dream of people in this community when they finally do get into church, they finally do pay a visit, they find energetic, happy people serving them, serving their children, and they realize, my goodness, these people are volunteers. Anywhere else in the world, it takes money to get a smile on people's faces. How is, how is it that here people are energetically serving and they realize, wow, these people must have found something. They must have something I don't have. They must have found something real. But what this box really is all about, you know, Dream Team is probably the way we best describe it, but it's really about a giving and a serving lifestyle. We realize that that's what Christ calls us to. He doesn't call us just to believe a message. He calls us to become something. That's why in the middle of this is transform lives. That's really the mission. If our lives are being transformed, the Spirit of God is at work in us, all of these things, they just, they're a natural outflow of an energized transformed life. And you end up giving and serving. And that's, that's just my goal for my life. I'm going to keep giving and serving. And when I either, either I leave this planet by dying or Jesus comes back and gets us, I want him to find me lifting. I want, want him to find me serving and giving something that's not attached to my bottom line. In other words, it, it's God's kingdom and not my own. And that's really what this is about. Pray for one. Tom's going to talk about that next week. So you'll never guess which box I'm talking about. Daily devotions. That's all about you staying connected with God yourself. Would you write this down under your, on your notes there? Number five, when we say devotions, what we're really talking about is connecting with God. Write that down, connecting with God. And this is something you have to take personal responsibility for. So many times, I mean, every one of us as believers, there's times where if you don't plug in yourself, you get flat. Anybody ever had a flat period in your faith? Anybody had that happen before? Who's responsible? Who's responsible to plug you in and get you back connected to God? Who's, whose job is that? You're probably sitting here thinking, well, that's your job, Pastor Brian. That's your job. If I'm a flatliner, it's your fault, Pastor Brian, because that's your job. 
Friends, when you find your faith waning, and so many people, I've seen this happen where they, they struggle for a while, not just their faith. When your faith starts waning, when you, when you lose that energy from God, anybody discover there's a lot of temptations in this world to draw your attention in a hundred different directions, and pretty soon your marriage is struggling, and you don't have time for your kids, and your life is just a little bit messy. I've seen people get in that spot, and they're just kind of despondent about their life, and they get all sorts of crazy ideas. Oh, it's my wife's fault. And all of a sudden, well, I need a new job, I need a new wife, I need a new life, I need a new church. Maybe you just need to connect with God. Maybe you just need to get a hold of yourself. And again, we have to take personal responsibility. This is my job. It's my job. I mean, how many physically speaking, not, not, now we know about spiritual feeding, but spiritually speaking, I mean, physically speaking, whose job is it to feed you? We do that ourselves, right? Do you, do you still wait for your mother to come? Do you still, do you still sit in bed and cry, waiting for your mom to come and feed you? Some of you are like, yeah, I still do that. Well, that's awesome for you, but <laughs> for the rest of us, we have, we have to feed ourselves, and it's the same way spiritually. God expects us to, to connect with him. And how, so how do we do that? How do we feed ourselves? How do we connect with God? Well, the number one tool, if we're going to do that, there's A, B, and C under there. The number one way that you're going to do that on a regular basis is the Word of God. The Word of God. You have to feed yourself the Word of God. Now, now when you hear the Word of God, probably most of us think, well, that's the Bible. And, and, And that's true. The Bible is the Word of God, for sure. But does anybody know that in the Scripture, there's somebody, something else referred to as the Word of God as well, other than the Scriptures? Jesus, isn't that astonishing? Did you know that? That Jesus was referred to, as as he walked this earth, he was referred to as the word of God. Now, how could that be? So so what is this word of God? What what is it? We say it's the Bible, but really it's not the physical, it's just the physical book that's the word of God. It's the, the word of God really is that part of God, that aspect of God, which is both with which is both physical and spiritual at the same time. Think about Jesus. If you were here walking with Jesus when he was physically on the planet, he's still alive, but he's not physically on the planet, but if you were walking with him, one of his disciples, I mean, you could shake his hand, right? Fully physical, right? These are not trick questions, right? We, we, could, we could shake his hand, right? So fully physical, but he claimed to be God. And I feel like he's proven that in my life. And if you have that faith, well, the Bible says that God is spirit. So how could he be both? So what was he? Was he a man or was he God? He's both. And that's what the Word of God, the Word of God has a very physical end to it. And complete unbelievers, uh, atheists could see Jesus. You know, if they were on the planet at the same time, they could see him. Just seeing him physically did not automatically produce faith, did it? There's a lot of people, a lot of people that saw Jesus and didn't believe. There's a lot of people who saw Jesus and crucified him. There's nothing about the physical end that automatically produced faith. Okay? You had to connect with a little bit more than just the physical part. And when you think of the Word of God, I think it would help you to see it as a bridge. If you could go to that next slide. Just see the Word of God as a bridge. The bridge you know, both Jesus, your Bible, have, have the same reality that they have a very physical end. And you can be an utter atheist and open this book and read it, right? 
You can. You don't have to have any faith whatsoever. These are physical words that, that anybody can read. But there is a spiritual end to the other side of this bridge. It, it lands in a different kingdom. It really does. There's another end to this bridge, and it's God. It's the, it's the spirit realm. And it's our job to, to get up on it. And usually when you start connecting with the Word of God, you start here on the physical end. And has anybody, now I hate to say this in church, but anybody discover that when you're not really, you know, spiritually in tune, and you've probably spent about 80 hours that week watching TV, anybody ever discover that picking up your Bible, that the Bible can be boring? That you're like, oh, Pastor Brian, don't say that. No, let's just lie in church, right? Yeah, yeah. When, when you have a, a, a physical mind, just a natural mind that's been filled with nothing but, and, and I'm not suggesting entertainment is wrong, but if you have a physical mind full of nothing but physical things, this is a spiritual book and you open it up and it's not, it doesn't exactly read like a novel a lot of it. You know, there's a lot of just teaching in here. There's a lot of correction in here. It's a spiritual book. So when you start... Again, you start on that physical end. Notice these words. Here's one, uh, here's one of the verses in your Bible. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus said this, The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Just think about that for a second. Think about that verse. Here's a verse in your Bible. Jesus said, The words I have spoken are spirit and life. So he says his words are spirit. Do we believe him? All right. Now think with me. If they're spirit, then how come we're looking at them right there? I'm not trying to be weird, but just, just see this. You, are we not seeing those? those? Those are physical words right there, right? We have the words of Jesus recorded in Scripture, and what we're seeing is very physical, right? Right? So how are they spirit, too? They're, they're phys- they're, they have both ends to them. They have a very physical end, that, and it's, it's convenient for all of us that the Word of God is amazingly physical because all of us start on that end. We all start in that place. But I hope, it is my goal in this message to encourage you to get up on that bridge and to keep walking and you will discover to your utter amazement that there's another end to this bridge. It's kind of fun over there. It's kind of energizing. I'm going to tell you a story. About 21 years ago, just before we came uh, to Maine to start Life Church, we've been on, you, you guys know this, we were on staff at a church in Tulsa for six years and this was at a time in my life when I had yet to really discover the mission of the church. It sounds odd to say you can be on staff at a church for six years and not know the mission of the church, but, but I really didn't. I, I was still in that spot where I thought it was all about information and learning and just, just more learning. I just hadn't really figured out this mission of, of reaching the world and, and people and connecting with people and bringing them into the kingdom of God. That really, I really had, didn't have this picture that more people were going to end up in heaven as a result of my life. And that's a picture, by the way, if you're living on mission, every one of us should be thinking that, that if I'm going to follow God's plan for my life, there's going to be people who end up in heaven as a result of my life. That is a huge part of God's mission for your life. Well, I hadn't figured that out yet, and we've been on staff now for about four years, four, we're four years into the six, and, uh, you know, long story short, I didn't have a lot of oversight at the church um, the pastor just kind of hired, and he was a great guy. He really was. He was just a, a huge friend to us, but we really didn't have a lot of oversight. Kind of hired us to run the children and the youth ministry, and as long as they were running, he just turned us loose and didn't really want to talk about it. 
So we were running those ministries, and after about four years, things were, were you know, just running well, and I really didn't know what to do that, quite honestly, that much. And the, the church kind of went through a period where it declined, and it was a relatively small church anyway, just over 125 people. So the youth group, and it got to a point where there just wasn't that much to do. And I had to fill my time with something. And I, you know, filled it with some wrong things. But finally, I figured out, Brian, you know, and I heard a sermon. Somebody, I heard somebody say that, you know, God promises success if you'll meditate in his word. So I'm like, well, I've got, I literally, I was in a, this odd spot where I had like nothing else to do. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start reading my Bible. Now, again, I still had some ministry functions to do, but not too much. And now I'm going to, as I share this story, let me give you a couple disclaimers. First of all, I am not suggesting that this is what you need to do in order to get up on this bridge and start experiencing God. I'm not suggesting this at all. And I'm not suggesting that what I did was, you know, God's plan for you. Okay, quite honestly, when I tell you this, about three of you are going to think that's really cool. The rest of you are going to be like, well, that's kind of weird. But here's what I did. For almost two years, I spent eight to 10, sometimes 14 hours a day doing nothing but reading the Bible. Again, three of you are like, wow. The rest of you are like, whoa, <laughs> what's up with you? <laughs> uh, now, I mean, I was a little bit of an introvert to begin with, so you know, this kind of fed me. And my spiritual gift is teaching, so I didn't realize that I was kind of falling into my own gift zone. But nonetheless, I, honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. When I started, I was just trying to fill my hours with something that might be productive. I had no clue there was a spiritual end to this book. I really didn't. I just got up here and started walking, started reading, just like you're reading a newspaper, right? I just started reading, thinking, well, you know, maybe God will help me. But as I walked, I discovered things started changing. I don't know how long into this, if it was six months, somewhere, but somewhere along this process, unbeknownst to myself, I started experiencing things differently, and things started changing a lot. The number one thing that started changing was God became real to me. Now, I had always believed in God. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said before that I didn't believe that he wasn't real. But how many have discovered, because if, if you have faith, we all have moments and times in our life when God is more real to us, when he's just walking with us more closely. And, and there's times where he just sovereignly just takes a visit. You know, in your most physical, carnal state, there are times where God just sovereignly just visits you. And those moments are awesome. So we all can testify that there is a difference in believing in God and experiencing him, right? We've, we've all had that. We all know that there, there's a difference. There's a difference in believing he's out there and knowing he's real and walking with him and experiencing him. And here's the bottom line of what started to take place. Basically, everything that you're coming to church for started happening. And, and what do I mean that? If you're coming to church, there's, there's a pretty good odd that you're here because you'd kind of like to experience something bigger and better. You're probably here not to just see if the entertainment at church is better than what's on TV. You're probably here hoping there's a God who can help you out, right? And you hope that, that he's going to fill your life with something good, right? Well, all those things, that, that, that energy that we described, the love and the joy and the peace, they became amazingly tangible. Now, there were some things I didn't get right in the process, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But about 90% of this experience was awesome. Things started changing. Now, I didn't, what I didn't realize 
was that almost all these changes were internal. They were in me. But it was so dramatic, and they were, I had just so much love and joy and the, the, those fruits of the Spirit we learned about, the love and the joy and the peace. I had so much of that going on on the inside that I, I didn't realize. I, in my mind, it's just the whole world is this way now. And, and I didn't really notice that, well, the church wasn't changing so much and things around me weren't changing. I'm just changing internally. I, again, I still hadn't figured out that mission yet. But the bottom line was I started changing. I started experiencing God. And on your notes, would you write this down? Letter B of if we're going to connect to God, number one is the Word of God, and letter B is this, prayer and worship. Prayer. Now, every person of faith knows they're supposed to pray. Now, if it was hard to admit that the Bible can be boring on occasion, this should be a little bit easier to admit because most of us growing up, we've heard that you've got to pray. You know, and then you hear somewhere along your life, you hear somebody say that Jesus taught his disciples to pray an hour a day, and you gave that a shot one time. And you got like four minutes in, and you were like, hello? (laughs) You kind of ran out, ran out of words, right? Well, the reason I put the Word of God first and then prayer is because during during these two years, my prayer life changed completely. It went from something I had to do to the Bible tells you to pray without ceasing. It's kind of an odd scripture, pray without ceasing. What, I'm supposed to constantly pray? Really? I mean, five minutes is tough. How am I supposed to constantly pray? What that scripture is talking about is the place God wants you is where he, his presence, his spirit is so real to you, so tangible to you that it's just very, it's second nature to talk to him. Now, if that sounds weird to you, just just hang on, just hang on. You want this. You want this. You want to be in a place because anybody discover that without God's presence, life can be depressing. Anybody discover that without God, you can have a lot of fears rack your brain. Would Would it be possible to have faith, believe in Jesus, and him be with you, but him not be real to you, his, his presence not be real to you, and he's right there, and you're full of fear, just full of fear. Have any, is it possible to have an anxiety attack with Jesus right there? Yeah. Several of you are like, yeah, I proved that. Yeah. See, it's not just him with you. You, you, you need to be experiencing him. And, and there's, a, there's a part of that that you have to do. That's not all him. You have to get up there and walk. And that's why I put prayer and worship second, because prayer and even worship, as you come here, hopefully, this is not the only time you sing. I mean, it it is. It is pretty difficult when Kristen and Crystal get to belting it out. It's difficult to not feel Jesus. It just is. But you can't take them with you. They won't go in your car. They won't. Crystal, you are not going home with anybody but Chuck, right? No, no. They won't go with you. What is my point? You need to experience that yourself. And there is something about music. There is. Even in biblically, they they sang. They've been, human beings have been singing for thousands and thousands of years. There's something about it. Don't be that guy. I'm just not a singer. Does that have anything to do with you being crusty as well? (laughs) Is it entirely possible that your crankiness is somehow connected to this? Oh, just sing. Get some worship music. 
and just sing. Sing to God. It does something. And again, almost every one of these things, well, not almost, all of these, all of these things start on a very physical end. And the first time you try that, the very first time you try all alone in your car to sing to Jesus, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to feel weird. You're going to feel weird. You're going to wonder, who's looking at me? After you get good at it, you, get, you just get into God, and you get, to, you get at a stoplight, and you're just belted out. And you finally get to that point where you stop, and you look over, and people are looking at you. <laughs> and the third thing is this. Write, write this down under, under letter C. And that's church involvement. And that's kind of hard to put in that box, daily devotions. But here's where my mistake was made. Because I started to have such a real personal experience with God internally. I don't think it was an issue of pride or me thinking that I've got it all and nobody, I'm better. I don't think I had any of those thoughts. But it was just so obvious that God was speaking to me and God was real to me. I mean, it was during those two years where God told us to come to Maine to start the church, come to the Portland area to start the church, and just, I mean, a hundred different things I could list that, that fell into place, and life was exciting. Well, here's what happened. Because I was so convinced that God was talking to me, I didn't really realize that I needed to stay open to the body of Christ at large. I, I, needed, I needed teachers myself. And it's not like I didn't, I would have never said, well, I don't need, you know, I don't, I'm the only one with the truth. I would have never said that, but I'm just, you know, I'm connected to God. So I really didn't open myself up to other teachers in, in the body of Christ. And that's why it took me a long time to figure out that mission. Because it's not that what God was showing me wasn't true. Everything he was teaching me in his word was true. But we all have different teachers, different ministries have different gifts. And I'll never forget the first time I listened to Bill Hybels. He was teaching right out of the Bible, and he showed me right from the Bible that Jesus had a plan, that he had 12 disciples, and they actually had a mission, and he actually sent them out two by two, and, and he was training these guys to, to fulfill a mission. And I listened to that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's right there. I've never seen that. I never, I, I didn't know that. Different people have different gifts, different, and I, I, I struggled a lot. There was a lot of things I missed. A lot of things that didn't go well simply because I didn't really open my heart to the church of Jesus Christ. Now, for most of us, that just means staying involved right here. Just staying involved. But do you know this? You're going to face, if you haven't faced this temptation, get ready. It's coming. Do you realize that the vast majority of people in America, the vast majority, when you talk to them, they actually have faith. They do. But if you really get in their heart, you'll, you'll, you'll find them end, ending up saying something like this. Ah, I believe in God, man. It's, I've got faith. I'm going to heaven. But they don't need the church. And if you track them, their life is about themselves. They're pursuing the same thing everybody else in the world is pursuing. They, they, they have faith in Jesus. I'm not going to take that faith away from them. I'm not telling you they're not saved. But what, what ultimately, if you track with them... They have the same fears, the same anxieties. Their life is on the same track as everybody in the world. It's easy to do this where your life just becomes about you because we all have concerns. We all have financial concerns. We all have life to deal with. And it's really easy. Gravity just takes over and church just kind of becomes a hassle. And you get to that point where I, I don't need that. I don't need the church. And what happens? Once you no longer need the church, 
you're in a place where it's all internal. It's all just you and Jesus and your information, you and even if you're reading your Bible, it's all, the only filter is you and your brain. And I can promise you, I've seen it a thousand times. It's the same thing that happened to me is going to happen to you. And look at your notes. They're under number six. Because again, people who say that, man, I don't need the church. You know, I've, I got my own Bible. Um, before, before I read number six, look, look back up here before you look at this scripture. We're going to read, we're going to read this scripture number six, but just a second, just... Um, You've probably heard this before. I've probably said this before 20 years ago, but I've heard this preachers say this before, that, that God has made his word so simple. The Bible is so simple. Any five-year-old can pick it up and understand everything in it. And, and the point they're trying to make is good, that, that, that it, we do need child, childlike faith. The point they're making is, is good. But usually the, there's this kind of, well, misinformation that everything about the Bible is just perfectly easily understandable. There's nothing, there's no cultural understanding you might need to have. Gang, that's not true. Now, I'd say about 75% of the Bible is just exactly that. It's just straightforward. Anybody can understand it. A five-year-old can read it and understand. I mean, when you read, thou shalt not commit adultery, you need no help interpreting that. It's like, you know, what does that mean? Hmm. I'm kind of confused. No, 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 that, that, that means what that means, Right? But I want you to notice, we're going to read this scripture, and this is the Apostle Peter. Before you, again, don't look down at your notes yet. I'm going, to, I'm going to set this scripture up. This is the Apostle Peter who lived at the same time Paul did, who lived in the same culture that the Apostle Paul did. And he happened, believe it or not, he happened to read Paul's letters because Paul's letters got duplicated. They, you know, they, more people copied them and, and passed them around. And these letters that Peter's writing about happen to be our New Testament. Two-thirds of your New Testament are letters that... Paul wrote, Philippians, Ephesians, your New Testament. So this is Peter talking about the very same letters you have in your New Testament. And keep in mind, how many think Peter probably understood the mission of Christ and the church at that time and culture, their culture? You think Peter might have understood that better than we do? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think he knew a lot better than we do. And here's his, here's his assessment of your New Testament. Second Peter, look at the scripture, number six now. Peter says this, speaking of Paul's letters, he, Paul, he writes the same way in all of his letters, Peter's Peter's read them all. He writes this way in all of his letters, speaking in them, your epistles, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things, not everything, but some things, everybody say hard to understand. Some things are hard to understand. Now, let me just help you out. If they're hard for Peter to understand, they're wicked hard for us to understand. And you can get weird you can get weird just thinking, well, man, I just, I just understand it all. You ever met that guy? He just, oh, he understands it all. He's got the hotline to heaven. When you meet that guy, run. Because <laughs> he doesn't. None of us do. And I have one real point that I'm trying to make with this. We, every one of us, need teachers. When we talk, when, we, when we're encouraging you to get involved in daily devotions, Yes, read your Bible. Please read your Bible. But why we encourage each of you, and, and on, your, on your notes there under number seven is we're encouraging you to get our app. We, uh, the church has an app, and on that app is a, a tab to push to, to get to connect with our devotion, our daily devotion. It's going to connect you to Rick Warren's devotional. Now, why we encourage that 
is Rick Warren's devotional isn't like less than the Bible. What you're getting is scripture. He's, he's teaching you the Bible. You get the Bible plus a teacher. And that is huge because Rick has walked on this bridge longer than I have, and he has read a lot more widely than I have. And we're not setting him up as the Messiah, not at all. We're not setting up that devotional. That's the one. But the point is, a teacher helps you. They really help you. They help you apply it. Gang, my life would have been so different if I would have opened myself up 20 years ago to a teacher like that. We'd be in a different place today. I would have figured out that mission a whole lot sooner if I were to open myself up to other teachers. And you need that. You need to get on that bridge. You need the Word of God, and you need the church of Jesus Christ. Let's finish that scripture. Look at number six and just going to finish that scripture. Peter says this, that his letters, your, your New Testament, contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Now, when he's talking about destruction, he's not, autom- he's not just saying that, you know, you, you misunderstand a scripture and you get destroyed. He's saying that you don't end up where God wanted you to. I was experiencing destruction for the first many years of my ministry because we really weren't reaching people because I didn't understand things. So who are these ignorant and unstable people who, who potentially could distort the scriptures? Who are these people? That's me. I, that can happen to me. And it did happen to me. And it can happen to any of us. So what am I saying? Yes, if you hear me saying, Pastor Brian, you're saying, don't read your Bible for yourself, you've completely missed my point. Read it. God's going to teach you. But you're going to bump into some things that you don't understand. Don't just, just jump to some conclusion. Some things just put on the shelf. But do open your heart to the church of Jesus Christ. It's going to keep you on track. It's going to keep you loving God and loving people. It's going to keep you healthy. Do you, many, you know how many times I've been corrected in church? I mean, corrected in a good way. Let me tell you a funny story. We finally, Raquel and I, this was, this was about, I think, over 10 years ago. We finally got our chance to go out to uh, Willow Creek Community Church. This is where Bill Hybels is the pastor, and we we were, attended a conference there, and we stayed there over the weekend so we could sit at the feet of Jesus. I mean, Bill. And I was so excited. I mean, this was Mecca. We're sitting there, and it comes time for the message. And who walks on the platform but some schmo from Indiana? It wasn't Bill. My heart just sunk. I mean, literally, I'm like, oh, who's this goofus? <laughs> That's just where my head was at. I just, I just wanted to, you know, wanted to hear somebody who, who had taught me a lot and somebody who I respected. So the first half of the sermon, I got to be honest, I didn't hear anything. I was just in grumpy land. Anybody ever been in grumpy land before? During a sermon? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm there right now, man. I'm, right to, I'm there. <laughs> I was in Grumpy'sville. Finally, about halfway through, I'm like, Brian, you're going to sit here anyways. You might as well just start listening. And it would be challenging for me to exaggerate this story. Because what happened in like the next five minutes as I started paying attention, I had a certain question that I had been asking God for like five years. And it was plaguing my mind. I needed an answer to this question. 
And I don't just jump. If I, if I don't think I've heard from God, I'm just not going to act. So I'm going to keep asking. And I hadn't got an answer. I started listening. And in five minutes, I mean like a bell going off. I got, God gave me the answer to that question in like five minutes. And it came so profound. It came so profoundly to me. It was like so clear. It's like, oh, I got my answer. And that answer has blessed my life from that day to this. It, it, it changed the course of my life. And it was from... Julio from Indiana. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a guy that I, in my mind, in my mind, I didn't think that I wanted to listen to him, but what's the point? The point is, I, th- I honestly think that God did it that way. I think he did it that way to teach me a lesson. That, Brian, don't get your eyes on people. It's not people. It's, it's God. It's his church that you need. It's not a person. It's his church. And, Brian, you need Julio. And you need Bill. And you need each other. And you need a life group. Do you get the point? Everybody say this. Say, I need the church. You and I, we're going to end up in a ditch somewhere apart from the church of Jesus Christ. We are. We all need him. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm going to pray and I'm going to wrap this up. But I just want to ask you a really simple question. The whole message today is about connecting with God. Daily devotions. I've given you three things. The Word of God, prayer and worship, church involvement are going to keep you connected to God, keep you energized. Let me just ask you a really simple question. Just have a moment of introspection and ask yourself, where am I at connecting with God? Am I alive in Him? Am I full of His Spirit? Is He real to me? Am I connected where God is real to me, his grace is real to me, his love and joy is real to me? Or have I just kind of been avoiding that box, avoiding those daily devotions? I haven't really taken personal responsibility, and I'm a little bit flatter than I should be. If you're just a little bit flatter than you should be, nobody's looking around, but would you just raise your hand right there where you're seated? Say, man, that's me. I have not been personally responsible for feeding myself. Father, I just... Lift up to you, Lord, every hand that is lifted, every heart that is here. God, we need you. We cannot live energetic, full, loving lives apart from you and your spirit and your grace. God, if we're wandering from you, help us to see it. Help us to see it, God. Help us to take responsibility to get into your word, to get that app and to... to read your word every day, to listen to your teachers every day to connect with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody says...